Good evening, everyone. It's Necro Thursday, and we're glad to be delivering this week's episode of the Necromaniacs Horror Podcast. How's it going, Mike? It is going well. Uh, good to be back. I I have missed you all. I've missed uh, being part of the show for two weeks or so. But uh, yeah, good to be here. Uh, August is, uh, you know, galloping away. We're at the middle of the month. And uh, yeah, having a good summer. I've been going to, the, going to the beach a lot, actually. Beach? Yes, I like the beach. Really? Uh, <laughs> me and Stella have been going to uh, Reese, which is a, a part of Rockaway Beach. It's like, you know, Rockaway Beach, of course, people who, who may not be from New York, you may know the song by the Ramones, uh, but Rockaway kind of makes up a bunch of different areas, and, and Reese is is one of those areas. Yeah, wow, I, nice. um, that's interesting, man. I uh, I'm not a big beach person. Yeah, I I I gotta be honest. I like pools more than beaches. I gotta be honest. Like pool wins over beach every time, but but beach is kind of right below. You know, I I like the waves. I like looking out at the ocean, and and lately with with you know a shark attack in, in Rockaway about a week or so ago, it, I was just I was literally doing a Roy Scheider for a, a bunch of my time there just. Just looking, just looking at the ocean, <laughs> seeing if anything's popping. Yeah. So. Yeah, my my girlfriend uh, Tina is uh, very pale, and uh, would the, the beach is does not agree with her, so we don't go to the beach. <laughs> oh, I'm pale too. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I still go. I put on sunblock. You know, I get a little bit of a tan, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just I like it. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like I'm looking to see if there's any like sea life. One time I was there about a year or two ago, I saw a dolphin, which was nice. And uh, yeah, I mean, you never know, you never know what you're gonna find in the ocean, Mike. The ocean is a mysterious place. It truly is, man. It, I mean, especially when you really think about it, it's like being in fucking outer space or something like that, you know. It really is. I mean, and it's been a weird year for the ocean, you know, in, in the news and stories and. The, you know, the homemade submarine where the bunch of people died and, you know, that, that whole thing. And it's just the sea always wins, Mike Hill. That's what I like to say. The sea always wins. You can't beat water, you know? No, no, absolutely not, man. That's what makes it so fascinating. Yeah. So before we get too deep into the show, let's talk about the uh, the horsemen, you know, our, our yeah. compatriots. So mm-hmm. starting the week off. We've got Horror Wolf 666, a brother horror podcast brought to you by Brandon Legion. Brandon, where we talk about movies, Brandon talks to filmmakers, actors. It's like more of an interview kind of thing. So that's his trip. Yes, the people behind the film, so to speak. Yeah, you know, it's that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Next up, we've got Jackie Smith with Into the Necrosphere. Literally the only metal slash music podcast I listen to regularly. Yes, I I still haven't found the podcast I'm looking for with my metal. I don't know if it exists. Maybe one day I'll make it exist. But until then, we have the excellent Into the Necrosphere, which I enjoy. Wednesday is uh, Everything Went Black, which is uh, you know kind of the podcast I've been doing for the last. Uh, feels like my entire life actually and um yeah long ass time yeah, long ass time it's like uh 
work in, oh, potentially a work, actually not potentially, I would say perpetually a work in progress. You know what I mean? Always mm. finding new angles with that show. Yeah, man. Uh, on Thursday, guess what, kids? You're listening to it right now. It's the Necromaniacs podcast coming to you each and every Thursday. Uh, we are the greatest horror podcast in the world, so don't forget that. And make sure you tell a friend. On Friday, we have the artist formerly known as Break the Apocalypse. <laughs> right, Michael? That's right. Uh they have a new name, Break the Apocalypse. And you know what? I'm a terrible brother because I can't think of the new name right now. How about that? <laughs> oh, no. If you subscribe, uh, though, I will do you get... Know, but however, hold on. I, um, I was just handed a note by my producer, Spitball <laughs> Media. Spitball okay. Media. Thank you, producer. Thank you. Um, what do you call it? He's working very hard because I'm half crazy. Uh, Friday, Spitball Media with John Draper, my brother. Shaheen and B. Show Brian, no longer talking about politics, no longer talking about current events. They talk about movies, they talk about television and pop culture. How about that, Mike? You know, it's probably good that they're uh, veering away from politics because these days you get hit with a baseball bat, I think, if you talk about too much politics. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Things are divisive enough, things are horrible enough why not why not get an escape with your podcast right mike absolutely man so yes spitball media coming to you every friday on saturday you have the day off enjoy your summer go to the beach go to the pool go to the movies uh but on sunday we have the excellent soul knox podcast all right mike that's right that's uh brought to you by my buddy carl hikara and we also like to mention that we have a newer member we have Iblis Manifestations, which is mm. uh, doesn't come out on a specific day of the week, but it just drops mm -hmm. out of the ether from within the void. Cheyenne. Yeah, that's like when, like how you know Megla just drops a new album sometimes. Like they don't they don't promote it, they don't let you know. This podcast just kind of comes out. That's kind of cool. Just emerges, and it's always really good. And um, I've had Cheyenne as a guest on uh, on Everything Went Black uh, maybe a year and a half ago. Excellent mm -hmm. band, Tribax, too. Cool. Welcome to the family, as they say. So have you seen yeah, anything uh, Anything of note? Um, I would like to promote something by a good friend of mine, Mr. Eddie McNamara. Um Ed wrote some of the liner notes in the Confusion discography, Plug Plug, that is out now that you can pick up on CD, vinyl, and digital, folks. My band, Confusion. Uh, yeah, Ed contributed some great liner notes to that. But now Ed has released his debut fiction novel uh, called Brooklyn Hardcore. A while back, Ed put out a really cool cookbook, a vegan cookbook called Toss Your Own Salad. How about that, Michael? Yeah. Uh, but this is not a cookbook. It is a work of fiction, um, kind of noir, a, a crime noir, so to speak, as he put it, that is set in the early 1990s in South Brooklyn with the hardcore scene as its backdrop. How's that, Mike? Sounds interesting. Yes. Uh, I have not read this book. I just got my copy, actually. Uh, I have not read it. I'm going to start reading it this evening 
after we are done with this podcast, I'm very excited to check it out. Um, so yeah, it is called Brooklyn Hardcore. It is for sale right now on Amazon Prime. Uh, Pick It Up by Ed McNamara. How about that? That sounds awesome. I think I'm going to order a copy myself. Yes, yes, you should, as should all of our listeners. In particular, the listeners who like hardcore music or like, you know, the music of the the early 90s, you know, the kind of the meaner third wave, kind of darker, more, you know, less happy hardcore, you know, the negative stuff that was kind of coming out back then, as as Ed put it uh, to me not too long ago. So, yeah, that's kind of the backdrop of what's going on in this book. Uh, the book is not about hardcore per se, but the people in the book are a part of that scene. So I think that's really cool. That is cool. It sounds like it'd be a really good backdrop for, a, you know, crime story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so that that is my plug. And I, well, I have one more plug, really, from uh, the fine folks at Severin. I just got in the mail today something I pre-ordered a few months ago. It is uh, very little seen, perhaps not seen at all in America, a uh, television film from our buddy Sergio Martino from back in 1992. It is called Private Crimes. Uh, it was produced by our favorite gal ever, Mike, Edwige Fennec. She is also in this movie. Uh, it was a four-part, six-hour television miniseries in Italy, and it is coming to America for the first time ever. Uh, it is a giallo, so I am fucking psyched. Apparently, it's got some Twin Peaks vibes to it as well. So, yeah, Severin just put this puppy out, Private Crimes. I mean, if this doesn't have us written on it, Mike, I don't know what does. I think uh, we should definitely cover this for sure. Yes, yes. Uh, even Ray Lovelock is in it. We've got s- some alum, you know, Paolo Malco, who was in the New York Ripper. So we've got some cool, you know, Italian old school cats in it. Uh, Alita Valley, who's in Suspiria, is also in it. Um, yeah, I'm excited to watch this. I'm definitely probably going to throw this on uh, immediately this week. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you check anything out cool recently? Yeah, actually, uh, I saw The Last Voyage of the Demeter this past Saturday. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I want to see that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a whole thing, man. Like, it was a Saturday date night. We went to the uh, 1145 showing. Oh, that's that, late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was kind of like a spur of the moment thing. And uh, mm. we, we wanted to eat first, and then the next showing was 11.45. So it was like, okay, cool, midnight movie. Mm-hmm. I went to the AMC Newport Center in Jersey City, which is like a new mm-hmm. location for me. You know, now that I live here, uh, the Menlo Park AMC, little, you know, a little bit off the beaten path. I still go there, you know. Yeah. Still go there. It's not too far away. But being that the short turnaround time, you know, we wanted to stay more local. Mm-hmm. So I went there, you know, <laughs> and uh, I got to say, that is my first and last time going to the AMC <laughs> Newport Center. Warp, warp. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh, not, not a wonderful theater, Michael? No, no. And I know that I spoke, uh, I had disparaging words for the Menlo Park one. And uh, that one looks like a palace compared to this one, man. It was like the first thing uh, to note is the theater smelled like a locker room as soon as I walked in there, man. 
<laughs> it was like I know that smell. Like, look, some theaters are kind of ghetto, and I I pretty much know that smell. Before we got started, I I, I commented that was pretty much the smell of when we went to see the remake of the Blair Witch Project at the theater in Park Slope, which once upon a time, folks, was a wonderful movie theater that was really nice, quality place that just went down the toilet before Nighthawk, a really cool company, took it over. So Mike agreed that that's probably what it smelled like. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the last days of the, the uh, pavilion. <laughs> mm, I know. It was not... I couldn't believe what that place had become. Very sad. But it is now a wonderful theater called Nighthawk in Park Slope, which uh, if you're in New York, check it out. But Mike... So locker room smell. I guess it didn't fully deter you from seeing the movie, though. Oh, no. I mean, we, we'd already spent $20 on parking, <laughs> which is another, another thing. It's like, you know, there's no, uh, you know, they don't validate, validate your parking ticket or anything like that. There's like, it's part of a mall, but there's like oh. paid, paid parking. You know what I mean? You can't but that's or, a or, lot for a mall, though. Jesus. Either that, or you can take like a bus there or something like that. Or oh I don't know. And God. it's it's like right in that part of um, Jersey City that's right outside the Holland Tunnel. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not that great over there. No, nah, it's not not the best uh, spot. And then, you know, because it's late, I'm like, you know something, man? I haven't had a Coca Cola in like years. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Saturday night. It's late. I didn't really mm-hmm. feel like coffee, so I was like, okay, let me get some caffeinated beverage. Right. Mach- you know how like those machines where you, you dial in, like they they don't they just give you a cup. Like you don't they don't get a soda there anymore. They give mm-hmm. you a cup and there's like this soda machine that's got every single flavor imaginable. Right? So Yeah, those are kind of cool though. Those are cool. Yeah. I know. But this one was malfunctioning. And I got like a combination of like every single flavor soda in my. Oh <laughs> no, that's gross. Yeah, so you know, and uh, we got to the theater. There was like one other person there, so that kind of made up for it. You know what I mean? That can be fun. Yeah. So, but but the movie itself, though, I got to say, man, I, I back it. You know. You know, I've heard good things about it. I like the trailer, so. Yeah, I want to see it. I think you should. I think um, it's like one of these these things where uh, you you are gearing yourself up to not like it because it's like a big production, you know? Mm. But I got to say, man, it delivered. It had atmosphere, you know? It was like the acting was good. It was, you know, a really cool period piece. It tells the story of uh, Chapter 7, obviously it's expanded upon into a, almost a two hour movie, but it takes the premise from a Dracula novel and makes it mm. into a full, full uh, feature length film. Awesome. I mean, okay. So that obviously as many know, is a part of the Dracula novel. Does it kind of add like new lore, new, you know what I'm saying to yes, it? Like new it does. story. Yes. It okay, does. Cool. Because the, the Dracula is more like, not the Nosferatu Count Orlock in this. Right. Okay. And, you know, there's no, uh, you know, none of the characters from the novel. Like, there's no uh, Jonathan Harker. Uh, 
Yeah, there's right. an- another true, guy yeah. at the end who survives. You know, oh, I'm not. I'm not giving away too much of the, of the premise of the story, mm-hmm. but it definitely leaves itself open for another film that this one does well. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a fucking cool idea for a movie. You know. Yeah. And then um, I watched uh, Amityville Horror, which um, old classic. Nice. Uh, yeah, that that's fuck. That movie still rules. I love it. I mean, some people, whatever, have beef. I have no beef. I love that movie. I definitely don't have any beef with that movie. I think it's great. And uh, just a little bit of uh, late breaking news. Um, by the time this episode comes out, this will uh, this particular you know this particular episode it'll be in the past. But uh, listener Nathan messaged me that there's a mm-hmm. thing going on at IFC this mo- whole month of August, which is like a midnight movie thing at IFC in Manhattan. And uh, this coming weekend, well, last weekend when you're listening to this. Yes, um, true, true. Event true, Horizon true. is playing on the on the big screen. And that is one of Mike Hill's favorite horror movies. So Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. I mean, there's like a 70% chance I might make it to that. So we'll, we'll, you guys and will find out. Definitely one of the better bright spots of the maligned 90s, for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. No doubt. I mean, if, if, we did a, if we did a top 10 horror movies of the 90s, it is in there. It's in the top 10, you know? Yeah. Um, which would be an interesting list, but it was a bit of a scary list in more ways than one, but it would be an interesting list. Um, yeah, I have weird 90s horror hate i gotta be honest i don't know yeah there really isn't a whole lot that came out in the 90s you know what i mean and it's just like it just it was a low point in american horror yes and and as i've said before it is the fault of the success of one movie yeah silent of lambs yeah yes it's i blame it on the success and academy awards of silence of the lambs it's it's an unintentional, of course, but that is what happened. Yeah. Anyway, so as you guys know, we have a um, a necro voicemail line. Or if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, you can go ahead. The number is nine zero eight nine one three zero seven eight two. That's nine zero eight nine one three zero seven eight two. And uh, this week. We've got uh we only got one call. We got Mike from Telford, longtime caller, longtime listener. Yes. Well, not too long of a listener, but longtime caller. Yes, I look forward to, to hearing his calls. He's always got something cool to say. Definitely, man. I'm really stoked that he's he's dropping in on us. So here we go. Good morning, my neck row brothers. It's Mike from Telford here. On my way to work this morning, Friday morning. Just wanted to tell you I fucking enjoyed the shit out of the episode yesterday. Messiah of Evil, it's the fucking hidden gem. I guess it's not so hidden now. I mean, it gets it's, it gets a lot of praise now, and it deserves it. Captures a unique atmosphere of that time. It's anyway. I don't have to go into that. You know it. It's a great, great movie. That uh, Blu-ray coming out in October is on a new newer label, Radiance Films. I'm excited about that too. Even though I own that movie, on the, I have several editions of that movie, but excited to see that so and uh you guys mentioned a few other things that you know i don't know you guys have been doing this almost 10 years i'm I just latched on to the last couple so 
I don't know if you covered these already, but Mr. Scandato brought up Lamora, A Child's Tale of the Supernatural. Uh, you guys should definitely see that. It's not anywhere near as gory as something like Messiah of Evil or things that happened around that time period, but it's a fucking great movie with the atmosphere. And uh, Mike, Mr. Hill was talking about Liminal Spaces. That's definitely a movie like that. And uh, it's just unique. It's a unique film. It's definitely worth your time. It would be awesome to hear you. That scared Jessica to death. It's another great one. It's a lot of things around that time period. I guess 68 to 78, they were saying American Nightmare. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, there's another movie that was made somewhere near me, I believe, called Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. That also has a really cool, unique uh, look to it. And uh, you guys brought up Last House on Dead End Street. Have you ever, have you done an episode on that? That uh, movie, big parts of that were shot near where I grew up in Oneonta, New York. And as a matter of fact, my ex-girlfriend took a film class at a college up there, and uh, Paul Jensen taught that class. He's in that movie. He's the blind guy in that movie. And uh, he, he turns up in some universal commentaries and shit and documentaries. And uh, I have a fucking huge soft spot for that movie, too, so. Keep up the good work, fellas. I'm home alone this weekend. I got to work Saturday, and uh, I'll be watching a ton of shit this weekend. So hopefully something cool will pop up, and I can recommend it to you. Love the show, fellas. See you next Thursday. So, yeah, he recommended some cool-ass movies, uh, movies that I would 100% like to do. Uh, the two in particular, of course, is one that we've mentioned, uh, Lamora, A Child's Tale of the Supernatural which I believe is in my collection somewhere. And uh, the other is Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which is a movie I can't believe we haven't covered yet. We talk about doing that all the time. So, yeah, we definitely got that. (laughs) It's about time we we picked that one up. I think it's about time. And honestly, both of those movies are are kind of uh, American Nightmare movies. Uh, This wonderful phrase that uh, I, I think really fits the bill, that kind of kicks off in the post uh, Night of the Living Dead in 68 and honestly I would say wraps up around 80 honestly I, some people are going to say 78 I'm going to say 80 um, because I, I want The Shining to be a part of this even though The Shining is 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 a studio film it's not an American indie I think it's a part of the crew because it is pre-slasher Michael you know I tend to agree with that yeah um, but yeah, they're a part of the, the movies that we have sung the praises of many, many times, movies that we've covered quite a bit and enjoy. Um, but yeah, uh, so don't be surprised listeners if, uh, you hear those movies covered in the very near future. Yeah, definitely, man. So what, uh, what do we got in store for these guys this week, Mike? This week we're stepping into the modern era once again. Uh, it's a movie Mike and I are a bit bummed that we only heard about in 2023, unfortunately. Uh, it is an excellent Serbian vampire film titled Vampir, V-A-M-P-I-R. Uh, art house horror, right, Mike, so to speak? I would say, yeah. Yeah. It's artsy, artsy, atmosphere. Artsy, yes. Um, excellent Euro horror, you know? 
fits the cool Euro horror mode, but with the kind of the, the modern vibe, you know, I, I would call it, you know, maybe a bit of a cousin to like, a, a, at times I had a little bit of a trouble every day vibe and, you know, uh, a speak no evil vibe. No, just like you, it, it's, it's modern Euro horror, right? Yes. With also kind of a folk horror element to it mm. as well. Yeah. And, and right out of the gate, I, I, as I'm watching, I'm just kind of saying to myself, and I was telling Mike and our quality control uh, officer, Rennie Rosmini, that this is very like vampire wicker man. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's definitely that's that. the vibe I got. Like total, total wicker man vibes. Only, you know, it's now, it's, it's not the early uh, 70s. Um, and it's, you know, it's not the English countryside or whatever, it, it, it's Serbia. So the people are even more creepy than they were. Uh, the townsfolk are more creepy to me uh, than they were in The Wicker Man. <laughs> Actually, uh, this this movie was recommended to us by. Um, this came to our attention by uh, Rennie. He's he's the yes, guy who brought it up. Yes. Well, that's why he's an excellent quality control man. And he's on the you know the payroll. You know, I mean, you know. Now, one of the things he... that's troubling about this is that Mike, you and I watched this on Shutter. Yes. Yeah. However, just yesterday, I wanted to give this another rewatch, and I noticed that it's gone from the Shutter catalog. Yeah, so it's good news, bad news, folks. Um, however, you can find this movie uh, if you have AMC Plus. It is on there, and and we did a, a, another search where we believe it might actually also be on. Apple, but you might have to pay a little bit on Apple, or I'm not sure if it's actually on Apple for free if you're a regular Apple subscriber. It is out there. Uh, I have a funny feeling some of you listeners might have seen this movie while it was on Shredder. Um, but if you didn't, I got to be honest, uh, it's worth the dig. It's worth the five bucks, whatever, four bucks. And, uh, you know, pay the money and see the movie, Mike. No? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is definitely something you should check out. You know, one way yeah. or the other. Uh, story takes place in rural central Serbia. Uh, I mean, it's it's far away from Serbian film, but at the same time, it's it's got, it's even got Serbian film vibes. No. Um. Yeah. Sure. There. I mean, there. There's. It's not nowhere near as brutal as that film. But, no. You know, no. Yeah. But I think. The Serbian people, and I hope I'm not offending any of our Serbian <laughs> uh -oh. listeners, you have a you have an unsettling vibe to you in film. Okay, so that is what I'm getting at. Your your characters, I feel like you're all got something to hide. There's a lot of cat, you know, way to canary. There's wolves in sheep's clothing, and then there's just outright creepy people. So that's what I kind of felt uh, the kinship with Serbian film, honestly. Um, yeah, I, it makes me kind of want to see more Serbian horror movies, you know? I agree. Hmm. What's also interesting about this is that, uh, the writer, director, and star, Branko hmm. Tomovic. Yes. Yeah, he's actually from the Carpathians in Serbia. And I gotta say, he played a really good, like, straight man slash 
un, unassuming kind of you know victim to be so to speak. like you know what i'm saying like i thought he was excellent actually yeah i mean this is definitely a a very personal movie, you know, and it comes across to him that, you know, since he wrote it, directed it, and starred in it, this is something that he was like close with, you know. You, you get, you, I mean, I fucking empathize with him. Like you, you really kind of feel it. I feel like, I don't know that, that that's, that's what I took away from it. Like I got the empathy and like, you know, I felt bad for the guy and I questioned quite a few of his decisions, but um, you know, the, the, the care factor was there. Now, this is, movie is a Serbian film, but it's also a UK-slash-German co-production uh, shot in English and Serbian, of course, so you do have the subtitles. Um, it has a release date uh, of October 13th, 2021 at the, I believe, Stages Film Festival. Um, I got to be honest, even with the homework, couldn't really figure out exactly when American audiences were able to see this movie there's even a chance that Shutter might have been the first place this aired, but we couldn't figure it out because Shutter yanked it. And with some Google searches, I, I wasn't able to figure out when it came to Shutter. Unfortunately, it's very mysterious. The whole uh, backstory with this movie, you know. Yeah, I did find a, a June eighth, twenty twenty one trailer slash write-up of sorts about it on bloody disgusting um where they talked about the movie and they said here's the trailer ahead of the forthcoming con market okay so it was not out yet i have a feeling it came out in in europe i guess in late 2021 but as far as when it landed here could not figure that out for the fucking life of me unfortunately and we like to kind of give you that info but but here we could not hmm. Yeah, it's uh, let's run down the cask a bit. Yep. Yeah, we got uh, like I mentioned, Bronco Tomovich as Arno, our main character. Mm-hmm. Gorica Regodic Re- as Vesna. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joaquim Tasik as Father Radisav. Eva mm-hmm. Ross, Eva Ross as Baba Draga. Mm. And I'm assuming she's uh, probably uh, one of the Germans that were in the cast. And that's uh, yeah. basically a small, you know, small cast uh, acting their asses off, really, in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny that there's a scene in particular that has just kind of stayed in my head. It's where he goes to like that that bar of sorts, bar restaurant, and he's he's watching the Serbian dancers, and there's that music playing, and it's just so surreal because it lasts like a long time and the music is kind of like on a loop and it's, it's almost like, I feel like I was on drugs watching that scene. <laughs> like, you know? It almost reminded me like something out of uh Calvair, which is like another movie. Mm, that's yes. Like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, technically, you know, the movie's Belgian, but it got lumped in with the uh, new French extremity. The French extremes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's a movie that just got reissued. So uh, do we ever talk about that movie? I don't know if we ever gave it an actual episode, so we got to put that on the pile. I yeah. don't think we did. I don't think we did. No. Yeah, we should... We've referenced it a billion times, but I don't think we've actually reviewed it. Um, and it's funny. Uh, our, 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 
beloved caller mentioned Last House on um, Dead End Street because we mentioned it. Yeah. Now, I believe we did do an episode on that movie. We did. We did. Okay. I Definitely. know we did. All right. I think it was one of the long ones, actually. So, yeah. yes, uh, we do have a Last House on Dead End Street episode. You're going to have to do the digging, but it is on the Podbean page somewhere, I believe. So, and one of these days, if this was like a real operation, I would go back and make a list of all the episodes, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, um, I mean, theoretically, you could kind of plunk down and make like a universal what Google sheet or whatever the fuck it's called, and yeah. And, and and perhaps share that with listeners, but yeah, that might take a little time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I don't really. I mean, you know, it's we go through probably take a nice Saturday afternoon or something like that. But it'd be good to have that data like present, you know, yes, so we know we could tell well, episode eighty one we did this, you know. But yeah, that, that's out there, and it's funny you mentioned Calvert and the French extremes. I mean, to me, those are excellent examples of of really good modern Euro horror. Uh, I know, you know, we cover a lot of the 70s and 80s and Jalo stuff in here, you know, Italian films. Um, but I feel like these kind of movies are, are excellent representations of, you know, quality modern European films, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that we covered several of those like back when we first started mm -hmm. out because back we started the podcast sort of at the tail end of uh that yes. whole explosion. So there was, you know, we covered martyrs, um, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like trouble every day we did recently, but yes. that was something that was on our radar back then. So it is a yeah, very, no, totally. very important. And we did inside. So yeah, inside, I mean, yeah. there's might be two or three that we missed. And yeah, th those are definitely probably TBDs for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, it is wild. Like that it's not, super common that the, the writer and director is the star in these kind of movies but as you said i mean obviously it, it, it's something that as an actor and a director that, that it is something personal for him as someone you know serbian and you know who, who probably took his vampire lore very seriously and um of note it was filmed during full-blown pandemic era too which is, is interesting yeah, I mean, it had it had that vibe of like a small cast and isolation and that kind of thing, you know. Yes, uh, filming was supposed to take place in June of 2020 and got pushed to September 2020. Honestly, there's almost very little difference between June and September of 2020 as far as, you know, what was going on in the world. I mean, there was no live music. Uh, a, a lot of TV stuff was, was either muted or, or you know, being shot very bizarrely and, and so are certain movies um and it's cool to see that a movie like this you know made, made it out of the gate you know yeah totally and uh well what's interesting to note is the character arno is um it's, it's kind of like bronco tomovich put him put himself literally as a character in the movie because arno has been living in the uk but he mm -hmm. is actually serbian and he's from that town Right. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And it's funny. He, he, he had like this, and sometimes his voice was almost like very kind of a neutral sounding, you know, it's that right. And then other times you would, you would kind of hear the accent. Right. Well, I remember, uh, Rennie in our uh, text thread was like, 
obviously the guy doesn't have an English accent, you know. So, mm, right, so, right. Like, so he caught that right away that the accent. Like I little... wasn't even detecting this English accent. It was almost like this kind of, I don't know if I want to say American, just kind of like this very just hi, hello, kind of just very no, 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 no affectations at times, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the crux of the you know the plot uh, after witnessing a crime in London. And looking for a place to hide out for a while, Arnaud, of course, played by Tomovic, is offered a job by charming uh, yet ruthless Vesna uh, to look after a cemetery in a small remote village in Serbia. He soon starts to have nightmare visions and is frequently visited by the mysterious older woman, Baba Draga, who guides Arnaud into the darkness. Only the village priest, Tasik, seems to be trying to keep him safe from the sinister intentions of the villagers. You know, it's funny, like, what, what dawned on me, and, and by the way, there, there's going to be spoilers, folks, is that the priest was the only, was literally the only person who was trying to protect him only, ultimately. I think that that whole cross moment, Mike, yeah, was literally him trying to put a fucking cross on his forehead for his own good. But I didn't get that initially. I actually did manage to squeeze out two viewings, by the way. Right. Because one was one was a little bit of a sleepy or late night viewing, so I did a second viewing. Um, and I and I I got that like the second time around. And the the priest meets a very unfortunate fate. But I do feel that the priest was doing that for his good, for his own good. Did you get that? Well, my my take on it was a little bit different. Um, was that at that point he was already obviously becoming a vampire and the priest was mm -hmm. trying to like, you know, like vanquish him, you know? Okay. So you think he was already too far gone. Yeah. And the priest may literally have been trying to kill him perhaps. That, that was my take. I wasn't. Mm, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was a trying to kill him or trying to protect him. That's why. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're really the plot of this film is actually pretty straightforward. You know, you kind of yeah. you kind of see the end coming like way in advance. Mm. So this movie really isn't about like okay, what you know, suspense or anything like that. It's really just about atmosphere and darkness. You know. Well, it's also about I mean, fate. I guess you know. Yeah. Um, he he was he came back to that town. Uh, sure, he was hiding out from you know uh, uh, some criminals or whatever and trying to, to save his life. But it was almost as if all the townspeople knew that a he was coming, b why he was coming, and c his fate. Right. Yeah, I would actually put this film up there with uh, in the same category, maybe as like Messiah of Evil or something too. You know. Mm, okay yeah 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 there, there's that thread of like the person that's pushing everything along which obviously is the the main character nine times out of ten but yeah it, it is kind of like is it is it fate or is you know did, did, they, did the character know at any point just how fucking screwed they were you know what i'm saying i mean he probably didn't initially, you know, like he seemed like he was a fairly normal guy that was at some point was like, okay, this place is fucking bonkers. My life is in danger. 
I have to get out of here. Uh, and when he tries to escape the town listeners, he literally physically cannot. The town does not let him leave. Like he'll travel on a road and keep coming upon the same signage. Right, Mike? Yeah, which is some, that's some of my favorite shit in a, in a yeah, story yeah. like this. Yeah, so there's this kind of weird fiction element to it as well, mm-hmm. um, like a you know folk horror kind of thing. Because there's like this um, mythology. There, there are these ancient creatures, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and also, like you were saying, there's just like this inevitability of everything mm-hmm. like from the minute he shows up in this town, and it's it's like written that he's his end is already it's it's already all predetermined you know and that's like yeah. kind of the vibe of the entire film is that he just which moving is why through. everyone mm-hmm, which is why everyone is either very kind of shitty to him or just very kind of i don't i can't even put my finger on how that they're acting it's just like creepy i don't know i guess <laughs> um but okay here's here's my question um the townspeople are not vampires? No, I think they're all vampires, except for the priest. Okay, I know the priest is not a vampire. Right. But we don't we don't really see well it's to me, I was just trying to figure out like, okay, if all right, if everyone here is a vampire, why is he so important? Like what is his importance, you know? Well, is he, okay. did we just want him as a part of the tribe, or is he like the the Messiah, quote unquote, to be? Well, okay, it's it's almost like a Messiah a Messiah of evil, where some of the some people aren't vampires. Like I don't think mm-hmm. Vez, I don't think Vezna is a vampire, right? And the rest, but the overwhelming majority of the town is filled with vampires. Yes, you know I mean? it's like a vampire town with not with some non vampires that live there. And so you think Vesna is like one of those people who like procures victims, yes. so to speak, kind that, of thing? That's okay. my take. Yeah. On it. Yep. And yeah. Um, okay. yeah. So there's like this like kind of um, you know, codependency between the vampires and the non vampires, but the vampires are the ones running the show over there. Hmm. Yeah. I mean it's interesting. There's there's a scene where he's he, he he's imploring Vesna to just drive him out of town, to take him out of town so that he can make a phone call because surprise, surprise, his phone does not work anywhere in the town. Yeah, of course. Um and she is like, it's a really interesting scene where she's just kind of like, No, I can't have somewhere to go. No, and it's just <laughs> and he's harping on, harping on, and then she's just like, No, it's not happening. Like, you know, it's, it's like really, really creepy. You feel really bad for him, you know? There's a lot of really good use of dream sequences too. Yes, you know, like um, foreshadowing and you know this kind of dread that gets, you know, portrayed in the dream sequences. Oh, I, I wanted to, to to make a note of something that I had said in the text thread to you and Rennie about this a scene with Vesna that to me was just a total Dracula throwback where she goes, you know, you can write letters and I'll send out your letters, like. <laughs> That is pretty much said to Jonathan Harker by Dracula. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, definitely. And I thought that was so cool. Like, I don't know. I love that kind of shit. I fucking love that kind of shit. Um, what was the what was the miniseries, the vampire miniseries on uh, on Netflix? 
Dracula. Uh, the British one. Last right? year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the scene that's totally like a Demeter scene, like in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, wait. Are you, you talking know? about that or are you talking about uh, Midnight Mass? Midnight Mass. There's a scene in Midnight Mass that is another total pure Dracula throwback scene that if you're a fan of Dracula like me, you catch. You know what I'm saying? Um, and this was one of those moments, and I, I kind of like live for those moments when I watch movies like this. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, Midnight Mass. I can rewatch that over and over again, man. So so good. And uh, they just released uh, set photos of uh, Fall of the House of Usher, which is yes. coming uh, second week of October. I am stoked. Cannot wait. Yeah, the for trailer's that. coming real soon. Yeah, that's going to be fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean. Again, there are these things that, like, not only was, you know, Dracula nods. To me, there's, there's, there's a bunch of, like, you know, Wicker Man vibes going on here, I feel like. Because it, much like in the Wicker Man, the townspeople are hiding something. They're treating them weird. They're kind of playing games. They're not letting them leave. And, uh, very cool of the of the director to kind of you know insert that kind of stuff to the movie yeah it's like everyone knows what's going on except for him basically you know and he's yes. sim similar to the wicker man yeah 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 like i mean it's it's not it's not a like the virgin sacrifice vibe um you know but it's it's the victim vibe like the victim to be kind of sacrificial vibe right yeah yeah. Uh, going on about those dream sequences, that one towards the end where where he's in bed, and that uh, Baba Draga character, he's like kind of chained up to the bed, and they're rolling his intestines out on like a spiked fucking, you know, thing. That was insane. Oh yeah, that's an actual torture too. Really. It was like back in the uh, medieval times. Yeah. Wow. Like they cut you open listeners. Okay. This is fun. Uh, they cut you open and they reach in and, and they pull one of your intestines out while you're alive, of course. And they kind of just like wrap it around this spiked device. And then someone kind of, you know, turns the crank of the device as your intestines pull out of you in, in your, in your eyesight, you know, your, your, your line of sight. What kind Pretty of sick wild. fuck comes up with that, you know? I know. God damn. Jesus. Um, I actually thought that was not a dream. Like, at first, like as you're watching it, you, you actually think it's happening. And then it, you're, you're kind of grateful that it's a dream sequence. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. But yeah, it's dreamy. It's, it's, you know, it's got the art house vibe. It's got the Wicker Man vibes. It's got the Dracula vibes. But at the same time, it's it's an original film, in my opinion. You know, it's it's an original vision. It's it's a really cool vampire movie. I mean, a lot to like, you know. Yeah, you know, the thing that bums me out the most is I can't, I don't you know I want to I want to watch it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm, I don't have yeah. AMC Plus though. You know, listeners, this is a challenging episode for some of you. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a challenge. But I think, like I said, if you have to plunk down the money on top of your subscription somewhere um it's definitely worth it it is a solid film uh what do you want to say about the ending well you know 
he, uh, as we see from the beginning, ultimately he falls into the fold of becoming a vampire. Yeah, the, the, the image of him, like like the, the screen caps and like the poster, he's in like full vampire mode. I mean, he's a bald gentleman like me. He's one of the tribe, but um, he's very pale. And like they have like the really pale makeup on him and like the blood coming out of his mouth and the fucking, you know, reddish eyes. It's just a really like striking kind of sick image. No, it, you know, it really is. And it's like there's a certain like a, like a, a morose like sadness at the end of the film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you really yeah. get this like cursed vibe that he has. Yeah. He didn't want this. Uh, he didn't want this. This was not something he signed up for, you know? And I think up to a certain point, he's really, he's kind of, been, he's like being very logical about everything. Right. And he's kind of like, what the fuck is this kind of, you know, right. Uh, because there's another weird creep scene where a bunch of villagers invite him into a dinner and what did you make of that scene where he just he eats something and then he kind of stares off almost like into the camera and then he abruptly leaves what, what was that about well it's you know it, he's tasting what to me looked like human flesh mm, yes yes like but the way it's shot and listeners you'll see what i mean it's like again it it, it almost makes for like a definite rewatch quality of things you may not pick up on, honestly, you know? Um, but his expression and just like the music and the vibe, it's just really like fucking masterfully done moment in the movie. So at the end of the day, um, man, what, what will you give this movie? At the end of the day, what do I give it? I give this a, a fucking 4.5. I really? fucking really like it. Yeah. I like okay. it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it a four, but I, mm -hmm. I love it. I think it was a great film. Um, you know, bummed out, maybe a little angry that I can't watch it again, you know, at my own, at my ledger, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, maybe yes. if, uh, maybe someday a physical copy will come out with this with some extras, that'd be nice. Yes, I think so. And by the way, is it, I, I had heard this, that, you know, one of the, you know, last year was obviously this banner year for horror movies, right? You know, all the fucking hits that had come out, and, and we tried to cover as many as we could. But apparently, one of them has no physical release whatsoever. Are you aware of that? No, what, what was that? What movie? It is, hold on, I should have had this pulled up, Barbarian. That has no physical Barbarian release? Barbarian has no physical release, correct, yes. Huh. Uh, I don't know why. I find that hard but, to believe. Let's see. Because I was told this recently, and I, I, I heard it, and I was like, it doesn't? You know? Or the company originally had no intention of putting out a Blu-ray. And sure enough, I think they had to make one to meet the demand because there was like no... And like people were making their own on like the gray market, basically. Damn. So they had to go ahead and make one. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting, man. I figured that. Yeah, there's, would a, be... there's a Reddit that says "barbarian not getting a physical release," which is now making me think the ones that I have pulled up here 
are bootlegs. Damn. <laughs> but but this is as of, you know, well, I, I think at one point there was no uh, chance of it because you never guess who owns it. Disney. Really? Um, and they, they didn't plan on putting it out, but apparently either, I think it's either out now or I'm just a little unclear of it. And I guess listeners will set me straight on this one. But yeah, apparently uh, they they didn't want to put it out on Blu-ray. Isn't that wild? Damn, it's nuts. Hmm. But yeah, as as of March 2023, the Blu-ray was still not out yet. So hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set myself straight here uh, as the, met, the 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 mode of truth here. And I'm gonna go to Amazon, right? Varian Blu-ray, and see if it's there. Hmm. And it is not. So apparently, it is still not out. Hmm. I think they're all boots. Isn't that wild? That is wild. Because I figured that's something that would for sure have a Blu-ray release. Yeah, and it's just you know it it it, it goes to show. I think sometimes look, a, a big studio will put out a small movie and not really know what the hell to do with it or or not know how it's going to do and sure enough this is a tremendous movie and it's one of the biggest horror movies of the year and it's got great reviews and stuff and yeah apparently no it's it does not exist a, a real blu-ray that does not exist isn't that wild yeah that's that's hmm. kind of a bummer that is a bummer hopefully that'll change but yeah there are all sorts of homemade ones uh i'm seeing this on etsy and on ebay and yeah, isn't that wild Maybe I'll make my own. Yeah. Uh, yes, as of June 12, 2023, still not a word about an official Blu-ray release. I knew I wasn't crazy. Yeah, doesn't exist yet. Wild. That's something I would definitely watch on Blu-ray, right? Yeah, because there would be extra stuff. You know, it'd be cool. I like all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'd like to see if there's extra scenes or whatever. You know, I really enjoyed that movie last year. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, that wraps up another fun-filled episode of Necromaniacs Podcast. Hi, Mike. Yeah, and this, um, if you can see this movie, definitely check it out. You know, if you like kind of weird, slow-moving, atmospheric vampire movies. I think this one's uh, quite unique, actually, in the portrayal of the vampire. Yes, and let us know what you think um, via Instagram, Facebook, or what have you, uh, because we love hearing from you. And uh, yeah, man, thank you for all the support. Yeah, I'd really like to know also if who's actually seen this at this point, too. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, because this one involves a little bit of work, this episode, unfortunately, yeah. which we were not aware of until uh, we literally were, you know, locked and loaded here. So, yeah. All right, guys, talk to you next week. Take care. Take care, everybody. <laughs>
Of the nebula 